Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey guys, thank you. (laughs) I'm just going to leave that in there because this is how this day is going (laughs) for me so far. I... Didn't think that I was going to record today because, to be honest with you guys, my period is coming and it's we're starting there right now. And it's just one of those days where I am feeling emotional and just sort of discombobulated. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to record my podcast today. But this is the exact moment that it's most important to record and to put stuff out there because I know that so many of you are going through this right now and I just wanted to let you know that I go through it too, that I have these moments and typically it comes around the week before my cycle, which is where I am right now. And I want to, again, just let you know that I go through this too and it's okay. And even if we're feeling this way, we can still show up. It's funny because today's episode is all about self-trust and four, specifically four steps to self-trust. When I spent the morning doubting and in fear, and I think it's normal that we go through those things. It's really part of the process because we can feel doubtful sometimes and um, have those moments that are fleeting. Again, I think for us, sort of like the background of our brain sometimes. And this episode is going to help you sort of discern those two voices. So just because you feel self-doubt or fear or any of those things, it doesn't mean that you can't also feel deep sense, a deep sense of self-trust and a deep sense of knowing that the things that you're doing are going to be good for you going forward. It's just a reality check that sometimes we just go through these things and it's okay. And right now is a really, really hard time. And I think all of us oscillate sometimes between like, oh my God, this is so weird and what's happening and when are things going to go back to normal? And that's why I was like, you know what? I just need to turn the mic on. I need to talk through this vulnerably in real time because I truly think that self-trust is the foundation for everything that we do in business, in food, in relationships, in growth, and moving forward, because we don't have anything more important within ourselves than intuition and self-trust. And I think that for empaths and people who are sensitive, it's easy for us to get caught up in other people's opinions and other people's emotions, especially their negative emotions. And I think by developing practices around trust and taking action on it, this a lot of this is going to be based in action as I walk through walk you through these four concrete steps. I think it's important that we 
practice and we do these things, but self-trust is the number one tool, the number one thing that we are going to get best at. Now, I'm a big believer in having coaches and having people guide you. I have worked with nutrition coaches. I have had fitness coaches. I have a business coach and many people that I talk to that I consult with, especially around my business and, um, you know, just things in life. I like talking to people about things and what I'm doing and what I'm going through. And but when it comes down to it, I am the filter that these suggestions need to be filtered through. And that's how I want you guys to feel too. I think that as sensitive people, like I said, it's easy for us to just get caught up and kind of do whatever and go with the wind. But having that sense of self-trust makes you feel grounded and it makes you feel like you have got yourself. And sometimes in order to find that self-trust, we have to be tested. Our backs have to be against the wall sometimes in order to be like, oh my God, things are really crazy right now or really painful or really bad, but I've got myself. So like all of the things that we do, all of these practices of feeling connected to ourselves and eating well and sleeping and making sure that we feel good, all of these practices are based in having that sense of you know, groundedness and feeling solid. So we do those things in order for us to have a fertile ground to hear our, um, to hear, you know, like the, I don't even want to say, I was going to say the voices, like the voices of our intuition, the voices of where we're supposed to go in life. Like these things that we do, we don't do them so everything can go perfectly. Like I would love that. And I'm sure we all would love that. We do those things so that when shit hits the fan or things don't go as planned, which is part of the process, when maybe life doesn't look the way that we want it to, or we have a different outcome than we expected, there's a misconception that like we do these things and we believe in the universe and we pray and we meditate and all these things in order for things to go well. And of course, like let's hope they go well. But if they don't, what's going to happen then? Because we have to prepare for that. We have to prepare for things not going the way that we wanted them to or life throwing us a curveball. And it is in those moments, those moments of difficulty, those moments of hardship, of uncertainty, which hello right now is like the biggest time. These moments are going to shape us to learn how to trust ourselves. And no matter where you are right now, no matter what it is that you're going through, whether you're going through a financial hardship, whether you're going through something really hard in your relationship with your body, with your food, whatever it is that you're feeling. I read a line this week in Laura McCowan's book, We Are the Luckiest, which is a sobriety memoir, which is so good. And she titled a chapter with what I'm about to say, And it resonated so much with me and I want it to stick with you too. And she said that one of her, I think it was one of her sponsors because she was an alcoholic, one of her sponsors had told her like, no matter where you are, no matter how bad it's gotten, no matter how deep in the hole you are, you don't think you can get out, you can push off from here. So wherever you are right now with whatever you're going through, you can push off from here. This can be a clean slate for you to begin again, for you to practice trusting yourself, for you to see the light that you can 
with whatever is happening in your life, you can push off from here. This can be a new starting point for you in your life, no matter what has happened. And I know that, you know, I'm not discounting like the hardships that are going on in the world right now, but I just want you to know that we find our strength in these moments. So, and I'm going to th- probably think about, you can push off from here, like just that line all the time. But specifically today, I wanted to talk about these four things that we can do to develop a practice of self-trust. And the first one is going to be action-oriented. So minimum viable actions, MVA. What are the minimum amount of actions that I can do every day to begin to trust myself? Because I think the reason I'm starting with this action-oriented thing is because confidence, keeping promises, all of those things come from actions. They come from not letting ourselves down. Each time we tell ourselves that we're going to do something and then we don't do it, it's like we let ourselves down. It's like a, an inherent sense of like self-betrayal. I'm not talking about like you're exhausted, like so exhausted and you can't do your workout today. I'm not talking about that because that happens sometimes. I'm talking about like when it happens consistently that you just allow yourself one thing after the other that you just sort of give up and you're like, oh, I didn't do that. So I'm not going to do the next thing. And it just gets you in this deeper hole of not believing in yourself, of not thinking that you can keep promises, of feeling less and less confident. And it's easier to not take the actions. It's easier to not keep those promises to yourselves because it's hard to do that sometimes. It's like genuinely very, very hard. But if we can commit to small things, and in last week's episode, I talked about habits and sort of broke down like the science of habits and and the brain. But if we can say to ourselves, like, what are the minimum three things? Like these can be your waterfall habits or whatever they are. When I say waterfall, if you didn't listen to the episode last week, it's a habit or an action you take that you know, sort of trickles into other actions or into your day. Like you do one thing and then it allows you to do a bunch of other things a little more effortlessly. So what are like three to five things that you can commit to be, to doing daily? And I want you to start small. It could literally be, I'm going to make myself breakfast or I'm going to cook three times a week. Um, that's not a daily action, but like maybe I can cook, prepare my breakfast every day. Maybe I can make myself a smoothie. Maybe I can meditate for five minutes. If you start small, then you can, st- and once you you become consistent with those habits, then you can start stacking onto them too and doing more things, but don't bite off more than you can chew. And honestly, this is why self-sabotage happens because for many of us, we become sort of addicted and it becomes the norm for us to betray ourselves. And we get that feeling of, oh God, I let myself down again. That feeling becomes the habitual feeling. It becomes the feeling that we're used to. So we don't, literally our brain doesn't know that we can feel good, that we can feel better, that we're capable of doing these things, which is why when we are in this place, when maybe we're not thinking that we can trust ourselves, we have evidence right now that we can't because we continue to break the promises. We continue to not do the actions that we know are going to make us feel better. And that diminishes self-trust, self-confidence, all of these things. So what are the three to five things that you can commit to doing daily, even when they're hard and still show up for them in some capacity? And 
doing them consistently is going to help. I'm not sure if that lessons made sense, <laughs> but doing them consistently is what's going to build that self-trust muscle because you said you were going to do something, then you did it, even if it was hard or inconvenient or any of these things. And you build just a little bit more like picture, you know, the analogies that I've given you before, like a drop in the bucket or you line up the dominoes and then one day the dominoes topple over. What are the things that you can do every day that maybe in the beginning are just not super uncomfortable because I just want you to stay consistent with them. But what are some things that I can do? Drinking water, eating a vegetable, maybe not having sugar sometimes, um, or maybe committing to like a week of not having sugar. For some of us, like that is a huge thing because when we are sensitive, sugar is going to affect us more. So I want you to be really honest with yourself about what those things are. And I want you to try and show up to, to doing them. And if you want to share them with me, please DM me on Instagram at Ashley K Pardo, because I love talking to you guys and I love hearing about these things. The next one is intuition. And I feel like intuition is very connected to self-trust, but I feel like it's a word that's thrown around a lot and a lot, not a lot of people define it properly, I don't think. So intuition to me is not an emotional thing. It's not an emotional entity. I think of intuition sort of like a scared animal. And I heard this somewhere. So this wasn't me that came up with the scared animal analogy. But the more you, you know, if you've ever encountered a scared animal, the more like you try to chase it or try to get it to come to you, the more it goes away. And the more you just kind of chill and are indifferent towards it coming, that's when it starts to come to you. And this is just like energetics 101. Uh, The moment you begin to chase something, it runs. But when you align yourself it ends up coming anyway. So you know that frantic energy, like nothing ever really works with that. So I want you to think of your intuition like a scared animal and allowing yourself the space to not rush towards it, but instead allow it to come to you. And I really think that intuition is neutral. So I think that sometimes we get caught up in our brains and we're like, oh my God, we begin catastrophizing and it doesn't feel good. Or we get into these highs where we're like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And like, it's going to be super awesome. And like all these incredible things are going to happen. And that's great too. But both of those are highly emotional. And I think intuition is more of just like a neutral hum in the background. Like it doesn't have a lot of emotion. It's not very charged. It's the truth, but the truth feels neutral. And I think that In order for us to hear this, we need to allow space for it. So if we're running frantic, and especially like if you're a mom right now listening to this podcast, like I commend you, (laughs) you are incredible, especially if you are homeschooling your children, but we need to allow as best we can, even if it's just for five minutes, we need to allow some sort of space for the quiet and some sort of space for that sacred energy to come in. And for us to be able to listen to it, listening to it is a really hard thing too. So what are some ways that we can create that space? Again, we can meditate. We can literally breathe 
you know, with your eyes open while you're driving and just sort of feel yourself and feel your breath. Maybe you can go out in nature. For me, that is number one. I need to go outside. I need to breathe fresh air. I need to look at the flowers, maybe smell a flower, put my face in them. That is... Yes, I do that sometimes. Um, And I probably get allergies because of it too. But um, that is part of my ritual of connecting to myself daily. And the walk and these actions, you're not going to want to do these things. You're not going to want to take time out of your day to sit and listen. And like, it sounds kind of like romantic and loosey goosey and kind of like in a fantasy world. Oh, yeah, let's just like sit down and Uh, just create space for me to listen to the messages that the universe is giving me. But in actuality, if you're on an unconventional path, or if you're somebody who's sensitive, who wants a better life, this is going to, it's a non-negotiable for us to do these things in our lives. And again, even just five minutes. So creating space to listen to your intuition can be one of those minimum viable actions, like the minimum amount of things that you can do in order to begin trusting yourself. So remember that Even if you feel that resistance, even if you feel like, oh, I don't want to do this, it'd be so much easier to not do it, we still have to show up to do them. And it's a skill. So at the beginning, you might feel lost, but I want you to pay attention to what it feels like when you feel solid in a decision. What does that feel like? What are those feelings in your body? It's a feeling of, again, to me, it's neutral. It's just like, "Mm -hmm, yep, this is happening. And it's also a feeling of, Again, a solid feeling like, yes, like this is good for the future or whatever it is. But sometimes whatever our intuition is telling us might be the harder thing to do. I know that for me, that's 100% of the time the case. Like, oh God, why did I have to like listen to that? (laughs) Because now I'm going to have to like change my life or I'm going to have to uh, do something that's going to take me out of my comfort zone, which for me is something that I do consistently because of practice and because it's a skill. And I think that like I literally, just going off on a little tangent here, when I first started getting out of my comfort zone and doing things like with business or having honest conversations with people, like I literally, my brain literally thought that like I might die. Like if I told my story about bulimia and uh, anorexia and all of these things, like if I, if people know this about me, like I might die. If I do an Instagram post, like probably going to be dead. If I, if I like do a public speaking thing, you know, I might die. So like those were thoughts that literally went through my head because it was so threatening to my comfort zone and resistance was so high that like it went just right to the worst thing. (laughs) You're going to be dead. So when I survived those things, I'm still here many years later and still doing the things uh, on a deeper level and more consistent level. um, I know that those things like the degree to which I was scared was the degree to which it paid off later. So I want you to keep that in mind right now. If like you're on a precipice of doing something that you really want to do, that your uh, intuition is telling you, because at one at some point, if we don't listen, I think I think Oprah says this too. If we don't listen, it's going to turn from a whisper into a scream, and you won't be able to ignore it anymore. So I'm not saying like make big sweeping things like irresponsible decisions, but can you move forward with one step? 
Can you begin to take an action that's going to show you that you can trust yourself? Can you stay committed to this being an active process? This is active. It does not happen passively. In human design, which is a methodology that I love, I'm a manifesting generator. Specifically, there's five types. You guys can Google Jovian free. You put in Jovian free archive human design chart. You can get your chart for free. I would just ignore the chart because it's going to look really crazy. But I would um, Google your type and there's five types. I'm the manifesting generator and the manifesting generator feels an uh uh-huh and an uh uh-uh as like signals to things that they should or shouldn't do. And I think that that's just like a really simple way to discern like, is this the thing or is it not? Or like, should I do this thing or should I not? And if the uh uh-huh and the uh uh-uh is a little bit like too much, then it could just be a yes, no. Like really in those quiet moments, can I sit with this thing? Can I allow the animal to come to me? (laughs) The intuition. Is this a yes, no thing? The next thing is boundaries. And I'm going to do an entire episode on boundaries because many of you reached out to me after after I mentioned it last week. But it's important to have boundaries with people as you begin to trust yourself because you're going to be tested and people are always going to have an opinion. And I love giving people the benefit of the doubt. I truly think everyone is doing their best, even if it's like something shitty. I'm like, well, that's their best. Um, that's what they know. Like that's that's their conditioning. So I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and see the good in them. But people are always trying to come from a good place, I think. And they're trying to look out for you or to keep you safe or for you not to get hurt or any of these things. But you have to understand that people can really only understand things or they filter things through their own level of comfort. So if you're coming at them with something that makes them feel uncomfortable, I know like for me and my parents, uh, that's been like, you know, I think the, I don't want to say the fight of my life because it's, it's not a fight. But and they are incredibly supportive, like I've thrown a lot of stuff at them and, you know, they always end up being supportive and loving me. And, um, you know, I think that they were always just like, we just, you know, we want you to be safe and we don't want you to do these things. And like, you're supposed to follow this path. So like me, my journey being an entrepreneur is like, wait, you work on the Internet? Like, what does that even mean? Like, do you make like three dollars? <laughs> like, how much is this a real like you're not going to have a 401k? Like, you're not going to. And I did. I was in the corporate world for a long time. So they've been overly, um, I mean, overall supportive. But like, you know, even when I was moving to Portland and like just choosing to do things that, that they perhaps didn't agree with. I had to sort of set a boundary and say, like, you guys need to trust that I know what's best for me and that I know you're coming at me with genuine love and support. And you I know you only want the best for me, but you need to understand that the best job that you could have done as a parent is giving me the space and the grace to know that I can trust myself into my own decisions. And for me personally, my own growth as a woman has been rooted in me trusting myself outside of what my parents think is best for me. And again, it's not like nothing crazy happened, uh, you know, at all. But it's just like, I think for so long, so many of us just grow up and we're like, whatever they say is like, I'm going to be a good, obedient person. Glennon Doyle talks a lot about this in Untamed, her 
uh, her new book, which is fantastic. But um, I think that when we can say like, I perhaps don't agree and I'm going to do what it is that I need to do. I think that that's for many of us when we really start growing. So, and again, it's nothing bad. It's like they're just understanding from their own level of comfort and their own perception. And another thing I think about too is like, has this person actually been through what I'm going through? Have they gone through this situation? Are they in a place to give me advice? Um, And I think that when it comes to boundaries and when it comes to like just you keeping your blinders on, I think many of us, you know, have the potential to have like, uh, you know, the things that we want to do squandered by the people in our lives sometimes, which is like, it's okay. Like sometimes it's just what we have to go through and in order to learn, in order to know like, okay, maybe I listened to that person instead of myself. And now it got me in a place that I don't want to be in. But I think that again, this is a muscle. And I think that with boundaries, I think that being honest and being clear and being willing to have hard conversations. For me in 2019, that was like my number one thing, like being willing to tell someone the truth, the people closest to me. Like if I really cared about a relationship, then I had to tell that person the truth about how I was feeling. Because if not, like I can't fake it. And that has been difficult. And I sort of found my voice in that sense. And what I realized, and I've had many difficult conversations, maybe I will do in the boundaries episode that I'm going to do, maybe I will do, you know, sort of like a part two in that episode about like how to have these hard conversations with people. You know, it's like, it's hard to have those conversations. But typically, if the relationship is worth saving, and it is worth keeping in your life, then it makes the relationship a lot better. That's happened with pretty much everybody except for one person (laughs) that I had these hard conversations with and it is okay. And I also think that like people who perceive others' boundaries as being mean or selfish, which is like a really common thing. And last week I talked about how like some people in my life say that to me and think that it's actually kinder to set a boundary. It's actually more nice much more of a nice and kind and honest thing to set a boundary and say like hey I actually don't want to go to this birthday party or you know I don't want to fly across the country to do whatever Um, whatever the thing is doesn't matter the magnitude it is more it's kinder to tell someone the truth about your boundaries and about what you need. Because then imagine you go and do the thing and then you don't even want to be there and you don't even want to do it. And then you're duping that person into believing that you do. So once I started seeing it in that way, I'm like, that doesn't feel great to me either. So I'm front loading the discomfort. I really think that front loading discomfort can be a much, uh, a wonderful thing even with exercise like if I exercise it sucks in the beginning but then I feel good after and if I don't exercise which I need to exercise every day then I might feel good at the beginning like oh yeah I got to skip my workout um and then I end up feeling worse later like you know that just feeling like oh god I didn't work out today and I just don't feel as good so I think that front-loading the discomfort with the relationships with people in your life is important And the last thing that I'll say about this subject in particular is that this can be sort of a litmus test for a relationship because if you come to somebody 
And I think that you can, in the other episode that I'm going to do, I will speak more um, openly about like the exact things that you can say. But if you come to someone and you say, hey, can, you know, is it okay if we spend, you know, just a couple minutes of me telling you about how I feel about whatever, you know, and they freak out or something and they're like, I don't want to hear about this or like, wait, you're talking like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this thing. That's sort of an indicator that perhaps the relationship wasn't what you thought it would be, or they shrug it off, or they don't pay attention to your feelings. Like, that is an indicator that perhaps it is not what you thought it was. And that is okay, too. Like, it's, yes, it's so hard. But I'd rather know, and I'd rather you know, if somebody in your life is going to be actually there for you, and they're willing to be uncomfortable with you, because that's really what it is. So, talk about boundaries forever but like part of trusting yourself is knowing that like two things can coexist you can do what it is that you want to do and move forward in that because in your body you feel like it's right and at the same time the people in your life can disagree like both are okay not everybody in your life has to agree with what you're doing and once you get accustomed to that knowing that it's okay then it begins to get easier the more you do those things. So the last thing I want to talk about is really being clear on where you want to go. And can I be honest with myself about what it takes to get there? So many of us want, I mean, everybody wants something. Everybody wants like a six pack and more money, like a business or an amazing relationship. Those are typically like what the four or five things that people want. But not everybody wants to do the things that are required to get there because they're hard as hell. So like building muscle is very hard. Uh, losing weight can be very hard because then you're not uh, like if you're using food as a coping mechanism or a distraction that then now you can't use food anymore because if you're losing weight, you have to be in a caloric deficit, caloric deficit. I don't know why I said it like that, but um you know, so you have to be honest with yourself. And like, if you don't want to do it, that's totally okay. I'm just saying to be honest with yourself about whether you're willing to do those things. And can I find a way to like and enjoy the journey even when it's hard, because it's going to be hard. And can I be honest with myself about these things? And this goes back to number one, the minimal, minimum viable actions, because to get to where we want to go, we're going to need to take those actions and we're going to need to be active and we're going to need to create a process, a habitual process of of us showing up every single day for the things that we want to do. So that's just something to keep in mind. The last thing I want to say, which is two things, (laughs) if you mess up, if you feel in your gut something that tells you yes and it ends up being wrong, that doesn't mean that it's a failure. It doesn't mean that you messed up and you can't trust yourself. That's just part of the process. That's going to give you an insight for next time. It's going to give you an insight into like what it actually feels like for the thing to be the right thing. Um, And it just means that you're continuing to learn from the data. And the data is what's happening in life, what you felt beforehand. And I would even argue that if you're listening to this podcast, you're deep, you're sensitive, that you know deep inside of you when things are going to work and when things aren't going to work. Of course, there's going to be things in there that like aren't super clear, a little more nuanced. But I think that we know like when something happens, we're like, maybe I knew that. And again, it's totally okay. 
It's just data for us going forward. Instead of judging ourselves, instead of saying, God, I knew I couldn't trust myself. I knew I couldn't, you know, I knew I was, I would be wrong. It's like, okay, that happened. What can I learn for next time? Last thing I wanted to mention was one of the best tools that I use to go through these things. And that's the process of journaling and specifically listening to the inside voice. When I say inside voice, I always think like (laughs) inside voice, like in elementary school. Um, But being acquainted with the voice inside of you, the one that knows, the one that knows between all the layers of things that you're going through and, and your mind telling you these things or whatever it is, like writing and writing to yourself in a journal uninterrupted 20 minutes five minutes whatever it is julia cameron who i talk about frequently she has this book the artist's way she says three pages every day stream of consciousness writing to get the junk out to get the muck out of the cobwebs out of your mind and i do think that that is so beneficial (laughs) Because you can begin keeping a record, you can begin looking back to what you were feeling. To me, it has been such an amazing tool. I don't do it every day. I try to. Um, If that's too much, it could even be like three things you're grateful for. And I know that that's redundant, but like, like everybody says that, like so cliche. But it could also be, what are like three or five things that I commit to doing today? Uh, and then maybe you could check in the next day, like, how did I feel when I did those things, when I actually showed up for myself, even when it was hard? How did I actually feel when I did that? And I think using your feelings and the way things make you feel makes everything a lot easier. Like for me with my own food journey, that is what has helped me the most by far. Instead of giving myself food rules, it's like, I actually feel like garbage when I eat a whole chocolate cake. Like I've never done that before. But like when I eat a huge serving of something sugary, even though my brain might want it, my body's like, oh, it's going to make you feel like garbage. And like, you're probably going to feel a little dizzy and your heart's going to beat fast and it's not going to be good. You're going to be anxious. So then it's like, okay. So instead of coming from a rule, it's like, it's actually not in alignment with the way that I want to feel at this current moment. And that's fine too. So these are just things that I wanted you guys to keep in mind. And um, I also want to say this is hard and it's a practice. And I wanted you to know too, that just remind you that Whatever you're going through now, you can push off from here and you can trust yourself. It just begins with you taking the action steps every single day in order to do so. So I love you guys. That's all I have for you today. I have been on a roll with these solo episodes. I've loved them, especially because I've been hearing from you guys, letting me know that you like them too. So, you know, don't hesitate to reach out if you have something you wanted me to talk about. The interviews are going to come back soon, but I like doing this series, especially as why I started back up again, um, just so we can sort of lay the foundation of what the podcast is going to be like going forward. So if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I hope you have a great Monday, great rest of the week, and I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. 
And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.